You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Who should be hurt? Hello, hello, it's Brooke Devard, and you're listening to the Naked Beauty Podcast. I have been thinking so much about beauty and self-expression and adornment since I've had this conversation with Kesh. Now, if you don't know Kesh, Kesh is to me, and I think to a lot of other people, truly an icon. I discovered her on Tumblr in the mid-2000s, and I've just been following her ever since. She's an artist. She's a musician. She's a very deep thinker. She's a photographer, a creative director. I mean, she's worked with some of the biggest brands. I just had an opportunity to see her DJ an event at the Prada store on Rodeo Drive, and she is just the definition of creative in the sense that her self-expression really shows up through her beauty choices. And Kesha is also someone who really adorns every part of her body. And I've been thinking a lot about beauty that goes beyond the kind of one dimensional male gaze. Like, I just want to look like myself, but better. Like when I get into a makeup chair, the first thing I say is like, I want to look glowy and natural. And I'm just trying to accentuate my existing features. If I think about someone like Kesh, what they're doing is they're really taking beauty and pushing it beyond that to a new space where they're saying something and using the face as a canvas, right? Like, sure, we all know how to do different color lipstick. Uh, but one of the things that you'll see if you go to the YouTube and watch some video clips from the show, Kesh really uses her entire face as the canvas. And that's something that we talk about, but she's got crystals on her nose bridge. Why not? And when we really get into the references about why she chooses certain colors. It may be like an obscure Korean film that inspired her. So I was really, really blown away by her thoughtfulness. And she is just an overall very thoughtful person, a very soft-spoken person. And there are things that she shared in this conversation that have really stayed with me. Like I think about this phase of my life that I'm in now where I do feel this excitement about sharing and doing storytelling and making videos and sharing those on TikTok and Instagram and, and really leaning into that while it's something that you enjoy. This episode is a real treat. I hope you all love it. Kesh does not do interviews often. It is rare to get a sit down interview and conversation with her. She's very particular about who she shares her story with. So I'm very honored that she came to all of us, the Naked Beauty community to share. And I hope you're as inspired by hearing from this incredible artist as I was. Let's get into it. Who should be hurt? Who should be all right, beauties, I am honored to be joined by Kesh, who rarely does interviews, but is such an iconic person overall. But just like the beauty, I'm, I'm very excited for this conversation. It's so nice to meet you finally. I know, I know. I've been, I've been watching you and admiring you from afar for such a long time. Now, before I got here, I was like, I need to know what Kesh is going to wear, what the look is going to be giving. Have you always been the person that people are like, what's she going to wear? I think that's always been a way for me since school probably I've definitely expressed myself through my clothing since a young age for from sure. From a young age and did that come from your parents like where did that come from? You know it's hard because my parents don't really they're not really extroverted in that way so for me I think it's just a natural expression and just something that came through like exploration and just you know living within my own skin and, and experiencing the world in the way that I did. Yes well you grew up in Croydon. Yes. Tell me about the beauty culture there. What was what was your early life like? I think for me, the beauty culture in Croydon, it's, it varies so much because there's so many different communities. It's a very multicultural space. So I think 
it's hard to like pinpoint one kind of like identity of it of it but for me I think Croydon culture is, has influences of like very much like Jamaican culture and mm-hmm. Indian culture Pakistani culture Eastern European culture traditional British culture like all mixed together to like just create one kind of blended like coexisted expression so I think for me that's what it was growing up and you kind of pull from your own family history and your own you know your own kind of like cultures and then blend it in with what was happening in England at that time so it was was a little bit of like a rude girl expression is what we like to call it which really has like a lot of roots within like Jamaican culture so like slick back baby hair like tracksuits that can come from like anywhere from you know British like football culture to kind of Eastern European working culture and I think just blending all of those together creates this very like distinctive British look and that's what was like that's what I was doing growing up is there anything that I would know from Croydon like any people or like I'm trying to like imagine it like are are there any signifiers or people from that area that I would know well I think two people that people uh two people that come from Croydon or from South London Croydon's just next to South London is uh Naomi Campbell oh yes of course and Kate Moss oh so two of the biggest supermodels in the world what's in the water um, over there I know I wonder right (laughs) um so the both of them I believe are from I believe Kate's from Croydon and I believe Naomi's from South London so it's interesting I think those for me were two pretty big beauty icons growing up knowing that you know they just came from like 15 minutes away from where I'm from yes so you're a teenager you're figuring out your self-expression and how you want to Mm self-present what about that process was empowering and what about that process was frustrating at times I think growing up in a place like England as a young black slash brown girl you know I think there was frustrations in that space because you're not necessarily appreciated for who you are fully Mm. you're facing a lot of obstacles just in your daily experience and it's kind of harder to find your truth in that space when you're constantly up against kind of these negative experiences that make you question you know your beauty and your identity and your sense of self Mm. so I think it was really hard to kind of navigate within those landscapes at first but you know from all of those experiences of pain there comes so much beauty as well and it allows you to kind of defy what is expected of you because you're kind of existing within your own space so I think for me I was able to experiment a lot more and kind of find the version of myself that made the most sense for me because of you know those experiences. Now you are an artist yes first and foremost and that art takes various forms visual art design music of course Mm -hmm. have you always identified as an artist have you ever had a boring corporate job (laughs) I had two jobs really tell me about you working a job I'm so curious to know what the jobs were oh my gosh it's so funny I was 16 years old I was plotting to leave my town because I'd had enough and I needed to get out but the only way I could get out was uh if I had money to do so so I eventually said fine I'll get a job I don't want to do this but I'm going to do it and in my town it's a small town there weren't very many opportunities my first job I was a cleaner oh wow mm-hmm. I used to be a cleaner for a gym so every day after school I'd finish school at 3.35 I'd go home I'd watch Dragon Ball Z <laughs> for 15 minutes <laughs> I'd amp myself up and be like okay I'm going to go clean this gym and I'd go to the gym and I'd work my three hour shift and I would clean and it's funny because like I'm really not that great at cleaning actually. <laughs> I was gonna not, ask are you good at cleaning no not really I like don't like to do it but obviously you have to do it but right yeah for a job I was cleaning this gym and I would clean the lockers I'd clean the bathrooms I'd clean the toilets I'd clean I know it was like to think back on it it's quite funny but I was cleaning this gym and I was cleaning it with such intention of being like this is my way out and it was like I think it was worse than minimum wage at this point mm. so it's like the money that I was actually saving I don't know where I thought it was going to get me but (laughs) I did end up doing that job my first job I was a cleaner then I got fired because I wasn't a good cleaner and um I wasn't mad and then I went on to work at a company where I had to sell windows like (laughs) 
I know, it's so random. I was um, like at the call centre yeah. basically and there was like 20 people at a table call, like cold calling people, trying to convince them to like buy windows for their house. <laughs> Obviously I was terrible at that. You got, that was the worst pay I've ever had, but you would get a commission if you could get like a lead or get someone to like, right. you know, like buy a new set of windows for the house. I didn't make one sale. <laughs> awful. I couldn't do it. I couldn't like commit. Right. I couldn't like commit to like fake selling, you know? Of so course, yeah. those are my two jobs at 16 years old. And then at that point I realized, wow, I cannot do this. This is like right. not for me. I got to like, I got to get out. I was already side hustling by like drawing people's names on their clothes in school. And like, oh, that's cool. yeah, in school we wear, um, in England we wear school uniforms. So we would have, like blazers with collars and after school we thought it was so cool you like pop your collar after school and like walk home and I would like graffiti people's names on the back of their collars and things like that for money so I already had like the two experiences of like I'm making money like this and I'm making money like this which way do I really want to do it right and I want to make money through my creativity yeah so I was like this stuff's not for me like I'm gonna go this way and then you know through kind of a chain of events so I got myself to London and then that's how I started to like exist and make money and support myself and really get into the creative community yeah. mm-hmm. and this whole time what are your parents um are they encouraging you to do this yeah I'm really lucky actually like my parents are immigrants the parents that raised me are from Trinidad and the Caribbean and then Malaysia so because you were adopted correct? yes yeah. so, so I was adopted at like age four um my mom and dad who who I consider to be my mum and dad mm-hmm. you know in those cultures it is very much the norm for for your parents especially immigrant parents to want you to have like a, a job, stable a job, stable job yes. like a guaranteed yeah. job like if you go and you study at medical school or you know to be a lawyer or an accountant or any of these things you're almost if you can pass then you're guaranteed to have a job right so it's more of like a guaranteed job but my parents my mother worked in the medical field she's a you know a midwife and my dad worked within you know accounting and financial advising and things like that so it's like both of those jobs they had to study for and go through the system and they had really really hard challenges and hard lives to get to where they were and I was lucky enough for them to not put too much pressure on me that's a beautiful thing yeah I'm really, really lucky for that. There's not much that they could offer me in terms of, you know, me and my mum were talking about this the other day. She she was like, you know, there wasn't much we could give you in terms of your career choice, but we always have, you know, believed in you in some some way. They, yeah. they knew I was an artistic child and a creative child. So they kind of just stood back and said, you know, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. I discovered you on Tumblr, as mm-hmm. I'm sure many people did. And it's so funny because... You were such an originator of so many trends and you were so ahead of your time. I mean, you're still like, ahead. I feel like you're like living. It's like we're in 2023. Which year do you think you're in? You're like in 2033, 2043. I can't say what year I'm in. I think at this point I'm just like transcending space and time yeah. and just existing within whatever it is in this current moment, you know? <laughs> that feels absolutely right for you. Transcending space and time. When you were on Tumblr and putting your work and your images on Tumblr, what was that early experience like for you and what drew you to the platform? I think that Tumblr was, you know, just another kind of place to express myself. I think that, you know, Tumblr was a while ago. It's like at that point, I was just in such a hyper expressive state. It's like no matter where it was, I just wanted to put that out into the world and and connect really. Yes. You know, I really wanted to just connect with like 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 minded people or other creatives or just really get things off of my chest because yes. creativity is my form of therapy in a way. Yeah. It's really a way for me to just get things out of my head and get things out from my heart and 
Yeah. I, I just had a light bulb moment as you were speaking about that. I feel like I'm kind of in that phase now of just wanting to create content all the time. Mm-hmm. And I'm just kind of like going with it because maybe there's going to be a time that I don't want to turn an afternoon into like a little mini vlog. But mm-hmm. for right now, something is like pushing me to do that and put that out on the internet. Yeah. And I yeah. think, yeah, I can, I can see that. I see your content. I see the stuff you're doing. It's, it's really beautiful oh, what you're doing. You. I thank think, you. you know, a lot of us are enjoying that, um, that expression like your your beauty of your life and your mm-hmm. perspective I mm-hmm. think it's cool and I noticed that you know yeah, that impulse to share it's impulse like to share. it comes from inside and then you yeah yeah absolutely and I used to have that I don't have that anymore well, you're much more private now I am yeah I which am. we'll talk about but yeah I'm, but so in that time you were really feeling like I want to put myself out there share things it was like this you had to do it I had to it's just coming straight from the source of like mm-hmm. This is what I'm doing. This is what I'm sharing. This is what I'm doing. This is what I'm sharing. And I think that maybe a day will come where you do become a little bit tired of it or you do decide to step Mm -hmm. back a little bit and just focus on things in a different way and Mm -hmm. I think that really served its time and its purpose for me and it was in that state of connection and it was in that state of I think the landscape of the internet and social media was very different then very I think we weren't really relying so much on algorithms Mm -hmm. and um, I think for me the algorithm has also made me step back a little bit and realize that not realize but question how safe these spaces are for me Mm. you know as a woman as a woman of color as an artist as somebody that's independent as somebody that is not necessarily fueled by the machine it's like I'm I'm existing within a very independent space so I question Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. how I share now yes and I think I'm just very much in my phase of questioning I still do stories and I still mm-hmm. post I'm still there I'm still present but I just think for me it's like how present do I necessarily want to be until the next project yes yes using it as a tool for a larger piece of artwork that you're that you're sharing now I would also imagine as a creative who is so ahead of trends there also must be the sensitivity towards putting out something and then someone you know you're on the mood board but it's not inspiration it's like a direct copy and I know you and your own career have dealt with like IP issues Mm -hmm. um are you open to talking about that yes I am yeah Mm -hmm. so for me at first it was difficult because as a young artist as an independent artist you really want to have visibility you want to have your moment you want to have the community you want the support Mm -hmm. and I think when you hear that you're on the mood board for these artists I wouldn't say bigger artists I would just say more More visible more mainstream you know I think that it can become frustrating because ultimately what you're doing as an artist is like you're expressing your heart in that moment for me anyway I mean everybody's different Mm -hmm. but I think personally I think true art is expressing your heart your soul your spirit and the things that you want to say in that moment and everything that you're doing is a reflection of that so when you realize that oh well that part of my conversation or that part of my expression or that part of the thing I'm trying to say right now is being utilized for shock factor or financial gain or as some sort of just calling card without actually the thought behind it Mm -hmm. it can be frustrating but now I've made peace with it you know because I mean I couldn't be more happy with the way that I create my work yeah I think that way of creating is like there's a lack of spirit to it sure and I think creativity is a very divine experience and Mm -hmm. that can be forgotten especially as we move into this like hyper hyper corporate landscape and I'm not opposed to corporate because I have worked within corporate spaces I mean your your American apparel collaboration was probably one of it was everywhere I mean it was huge what was the scale of that collaboration it was much bigger than I not that I expected but what we intended we intended to just do one release during the summer and I think because it just it sold out within like the first day of course so then 
the company wanted to do more and I felt well if people want it and you know I was getting such positive feedback from the community and like mm -hmm. from like other artists and people and, and and supporters and you know fans and I just thought okay let's do another you know we can do another run and that ended up turning into seven you know seven like r releases of it but, you know that was a corporate collaboration but it really came from a place of love you know it was like everybody that I did it initially because of my price points and my fine artworks were not affordable to the average you know student or working person and I wanted to I wanted to offer something that allowed just my fans and my supporters to collect something that was in like an affordable price point yeah. so everything around it was like from a place of love I'm not opposed to corporate and I think that existing within those spaces can can work if you do it with mm -hmm. real intention because yeah. ultimately we are all consumers absolutely <laughs> you know yep absolutely. we all we all have our favorite products our favorite things that we use to exist or enhance or amplify or feel so yes. yeah I like to exist in those spaces sometimes and yeah I think I'm not opposed to that well we're going to get into your favorite beauty products but before we do, I want to talk a little bit about this archetype of the black, brown, alt girl. In terms of that kind of like alternative style, when you were doing it, did you see anyone else doing it? I saw it before me. I saw it in the generations before me. Mm -hmm. I saw it with TLC. Mm. I saw it with Missy Elliott. Yeah. I saw it with Aliyah. I saw it with, you know, all of the different kind of like alt girls of like the 90s yeah and the times that I was doing it I didn't see it as much Mm -hmm. And I remember a lot of people questioning me and being like, what's going on? Like, <laughs> what are you doing? This is weird, you know, which is funny because it's like we're all inspired by that music. So it's, it's like true. the visuals on that were so strong. So I think that I have to give credit, you know, where it's due. It's like the women that came before me, I saw it in them as a very young child. Yeah, Khalees also. Khalees. I saw it yeah. in, in Khalees. I saw it in mm -hmm. these women that came before me. And I attribute my weirdness to elements of them, you know? I think I've already always had like a weirdness to me, but I think that seeing it in them allowed me to be also alternative. And maybe my way, like growing up in England and being influenced by like The Cure and influenced by kind of like alternative British culture and like within more of a rock and roll space, more of a punk space, having like knowledge of people like Susie Sue and just these kind of like alternative spaces within the black community and the white communities mm -hmm. and you know throughout different spaces I think that allowed me to just be like oh I can express myself even though in my town that's not the way we grew up we're very like chavy like football culture like you know rude girl culture track suits trainers like slip baby hair and like you know a little bit of gold tooth a little bit of that kind of style but being a bit more like on the side of punk and alternative rock and roll that wasn't really there but when I look at those who came before me and I recently did a shoot actually with TLC for Good American I did the photography and the creative oh, direction amazing. yeah for that I think one thing I had to say to them was like without you there would be no me oh because gosh. baby me saw you doing you know all that kind of like black futuristic like yeah that, what was the album called fan mail I think so yeah fan yeah. mail has so, that campaign come out yet it's out it's oh been gosh. out for a while. I think it came out about six months ago. Okay. I I'll send to, it to I you. I need to revisit it. I saw the Skims work that you did. Yes. Yeah. That Incredible. was also really like, I got to exp uh, really explore like futurism in there as well. Yeah, and so Within strong. like a very like diverse cast, I got to cast the campaign as well. And it was really... Making Skims cool. Yeah. You it was, know? It was... <laughs> <laughs> and I love Skims product, but mm -hmm. in terms of the creative, like pushing it, your, your you know, talent there is really felt. Thank you so much much yeah. yeah I mean shouts to the team like we pushed it and and we got an amazing result I think you know the the, the team there they're already they already have like such their own specific identity you know and I think bringing their identity and mind together to just really create a conversation cool. yeah. it was cool yeah so your beauty look mm -hmm. I mean incredible and the reason why I'm personally so inspired by your approach to beauty is because it's beauty beyond looking pretty for the male gaze. Right. right? It's mm -hmm. beauty as art, yeah. essentially. Mm -hmm. 
Um, could you break down your look for us? Like just like even just what you've got going on today, because I mean, I've always loved the way that you do your lip liner. I love the way you do your eye makeup, but just even just what you've got going on now is so interesting. Thank you. I mean, for me, it's never really planned. It's always in the moment. I'm just, you know, I usually do my own base and I usually do my own, you know, but today we did the interview. So I went to my favorite makeup artist, Jaime Diaz, and we did the base. So I always do the base with Jaime when I have like in a show or an event or an interview or something. But when it's just me, I'll do everything myself and I love to play. That's my thing. It's like, how do I feel today? What mood am I in? Mm -hmm. And I'll, you know, build out the eye and I'll do an eyeliner or I'll do some sort of like, you know, I might play with a jewel or two if I feel like it. These jewels on your face are amazing. Thank you so much. And then you've got like two sparkly decals across your nose, which like looks so beautiful. These are actually um, Simi Hayes. Oh, yeah, okay. you know who else yes, they've got? Yes, yes. They, I'm really enjoying their stuff right it's now. really cool. Yeah, I love them. And these are actually supposed to be for the lid. They're supposed to be uh, liners. Mm-hmm. So I think it's like the Rave Culture. I, th- I can't remember the actual name of it. So maybe not Rave Culture, but it's like an ode to Rave Culture. Yeah. And they have like special liners, but I use them in different places. Sometimes I use them for the cheek or I'll use them for the nose or the eyebrows or the eyeliner. However I'm feeling that day. So that's just me like playing, you know? Um, So are you kind of just like, look, because I would get this eyeliner thing and I would just put it right above, (laughs) right by the lash and I wouldn't even think about it, you know? And I think most people would do the same. Mm -hmm. What do you think it is about your approach to beauty that allows you to like almost look at your face as a canvas, right? Mm -hmm. Like, because I don't, I don't think about my nose. It's just there. I don't think about adorning it with interesting things. Mm -hmm. You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. I think adornment is a beautiful, like a beautiful word. Mm. Yeah, I think adornment is a beautiful word. And I think that it's very fitting. I think that growing up within a very multicultural experience, I saw a lot of the kind of gods and goddesses and deities of like Hinduism Mm. and Buddhism and, and, you know, like the ancestral kind of expression from even all the way originating back to Africa. There's so much adornment. And I think that for me, this is probably like an extension of that. It may not have like necessarily the spiritual kind of like, um, you know like the nose adornment or the eye adornment doesn't necessarily like resemble a certain ritual or spiritual aspect Mm -hmm. but it's just more for me like an honoring to Mm -hmm. you know like my ancestral Mm -hmm. you know my ancestors and my ancestral cultures basically Mm -hmm. so I think that's really what I'm doing I'm I'm playing and I'm I'm working throughout just like my artistic expression because this is really how I see the world like the way that I dress the way that I make my work you've seen my work so it's like hyper color hyper abstract like Mm -hmm. existing within multiple dimensions it's not necessarily quiet (laughs) you know so I think for me it's like I'm doing the same thing here just with like Mm. my expression and I just I just play a lot Mm. with different kind of ways of of being even this like a little bit of red you have under the eyeliner on the bottom it's so unique and interesting did you just think like let me just try some red here like what well I'm like trying to get to like what's the thought process 
practice? I think a lot. Yeah. So it's not <laughs> like as much as I play, I also utilize inspiration. Mm-hmm. I also also utilize just like I don't know, like I think I think a lot about what I'm doing. The red actually comes from a movie I watched like many years back actually. I think it's called Lady Vengeance. But I remember in that film she applies the red to her eyes and there's a conversation about why she does it and I think she says something along the lines of like I'm afraid that people will think I'm too good. Just as you were telling the story I feel like I can see a lot of parallels before today before we met and spoke I didn't know how you were going to be and you're so just delicate and soft and kind and mm-hmm. quite gentle but your exterior is so strong mm-hmm. um So I can kind of see how it's almost like an armor or this kind of like protection Mm -hmm. to like let people know I'm kind and gentle and sweet, but also don't try it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think that that's true. I think that there is a form of armor to it. I Mm -hmm. think there is a form. Yeah, a lot of people say that when Mm -hmm. they meet me, they're like, oh, whoa, I thought you were going to be, you know, like quite intimidating. Yes, yes. No, I can be if I need to be, (laughs) you know, it is what it is. Like, (laughs) we need to turn up, let's go. But I think really my natural state is very, very, very soft mm. and yeah I'm like it's probably like one of those creatures you find in nature where it's like they have the kind of colorful wingspan or they have the you know the big like headpiece to kind of push away predators it's maybe something like mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. but I am very half and half it's like I can give what I need to give you know within safe and loving environments my true natural state comes out I'm soft I'm loving I'm kind but yeah if I need to protect myself then absolutely will and can yeah Yeah. sure I love the way you do your lip liner thank you it's so interesting what sparked this what was the inspiration I don't know I think that it's probably coming back to just experimenting and playing you know I think usually we're kind of using more neutral lip liners and and you know shaping the lip and making it like pouty and cute and I think that I do love a cute moment I do love to be cute but I think it's just more of like stepping into that area of extremism and just probably more of an ode to goth culture and I don't necessarily suit like an all black lip even though I do love that look when I when I do like all black lip it doesn't really well in my opinion all my friends are like oh it looks good but I'm like it's not quite like what I want you know so I think that maybe it's just an ode to like goth culture in that sense of like we have the black line there but we're also still like cute and pretty as well. Yeah, with the gloss mm-hmm. in the middle. I love it. Now, when you, you take off your makeup and you do your skincare routine, mm-hmm. what are your like must have products? Like what's the skin skincare like? I'm learning. Okay. Yeah, it's been a process. It's been a journey. I used to be one of those girls back in the day that would sleep with my makeup, makeup on and just wake up and then wash my face with like a bar of soap. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Yeah, I didn't really learn. I didn't... My mother's very, like, natural and neutral, and Mm -hmm. she didn't really teach me anything about that because she didn't know. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was all been a learning experience through my adult life and just, like, through friends and, and... now obviously online you can learn so much so I'm still learning but you know I go home I I know that I I double cleanse okay. I yes I'm double I'm a double cleanser now. from from a bar soap the day after sleeping in makeup to double cleansing you've right. come a long way I've come a long way <laughs> and you know the results it's, we're making progress yeah you're um, beautiful skin thank you so much um I think it's just really been a journey for me and I'm still learning I'm experimenting and I'm trying and I have great people that I'm working with that are just you know you've always got to give credit to your kind of people that are doing your facials and 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 so on and I'm working with a couple of really great women that are helping me and guiding me and mentoring me and like finding what that looks like for me so who do you work with here in LA I work with Lisa Cardigan she's an amazing amazing um esthetician she she's been great for me and we've been on such beautiful journey with the skin I've been working with Mina Karam in London um 
both of those women I really love to just give credit because I don't get to see them that often because I'm always traveling but they'll always be mentoring me and telling me you know cash this doesn't work for your skin don't don't do the oil don't eat dairy you know those are the things that don't work for me and just removing things like that has been such yes such a great help I mean you mentioned that you stopped drinking coffee and you're now a full-time matcha Matcha drinker matcha matcha girl girl. and your skin has been so much better since cutting out caffeine yes I think I saw like something online that was like coffee cortisol levels and I was just like wait I really am the girl that will get up in the morning and just drink like coffee straight away and just like get into the day yeah Yeah. but you have beautiful skin so I don't think you need to cut it but maybe it could be better no it could you're at peak level don't worry you're there for me it was bad though so I as soon as I cut the coffee and I don't know if it was the cortisol it's just like I wasn't doing like I was just not probably being as healthy as I should have been and then with that I just noticed changes I cut dairy at the same time so everything just changed and Mm -hmm. from there I've kind of been like oh this works let me see what else I can do yeah are you a fragrance wearer I am but I'm living in different spaces with fragrance right now I'm like experimenting with a lot of essential oils yes I love that I know I'm really feeling that right now yes but then also I have a really beautiful Jean-Paul Gaultier fragrance and I've been wearing that one quite frequently and it's it's beautiful well I saw you were at the Jean-Paul Gaultier event and that like a very early work from Jean-Paul Gaultier was an inspiration to you as you were creating Mm -hmm. and then to just be there with Jean-Paul Gaultier I mean that's incredible I know it was such a full circle moment for me to have that actually it was just it was so beautiful to be able to just stand there in the fitting room with the whole team and just picking the dresses and picking the iconic print and Mm -hmm. knowing that you know when I really like as I was very much beginning my journey this was one of the key moments for me of of like inspiration and and knowing that I didn't have the passion for school or the traditional school system but when it came to a designer or an artist that I actually truly admired and felt like their work was something that made me feel something it was like I was able to produce a project that had enough power in it to bypass all of the like systems of like not having the grades to get into school and not having you know that was just such a full circle moment for me and it felt it was very rewarding because baby me never even began this journey with the intention to like stand in those rooms or to to do those things it was just like I just want to do my thing and make what I can but coming where I come from if you could see it I don't think any of us ever thought that we would be able to do anything at all. Right. Do you have advice for people listening that are at the beginning of their creative journey and maybe feeling discouraged for either not having their work recognized or just the struggle of trying to finance your life while also trying to make money as a creative? Yes. I think that the first thing I would say is just beyond anything. It's like, take it easy on yourself. Mm. You know, it's like this world that we're living in, it's it's not easy just in general yeah you know it's like I think we have to kind of be kinder to ourselves and just take it easy like don't put too much pressure on yourself Mm -hmm. whatever is meant for you will come come to you and it might not be tomorrow but it's coming Mm -hmm. and I think that if you just continue on with your heartfelt passion for your work and you take time and you take it easy and you find ways to support yourself maybe outside of the creativity if you don't have it like that if you know you don't have that external support from other places and you need to be the person putting food on the table maybe try and find a half and half way to do it because now that I look back I think that's something that I probably wished that I did because I struggled so much probably to the point of like unnecessary struggle (laughs) (laughs) You know, there were times that I was starving, like I was so hungry and I was like covering rent, but I couldn't feed myself Mm. and I was like losing weight. And like when you don't eat, you can't think. And when you don't, you know, like I was like putting myself through like unnecessarily unnecessary levels of struggle. It's kind of romanticized though for artists in a way, isn't it? It really is. 
romanticized in so many ways and now that I can put food on my table and my family's table I look back on that in a way of like yeah I got through it and I did it but actually as a young person trying to survive in a and I live in this I, I lived in this country and live in this country with no family or support so it's like everyone's in England you know so it's like being out here and just trying I think for me it's like I look back on that and I think about it and I'm like you could have maybe just gone and got like a little side hustle job or something like and made sure that you were good right. as well as did this because I think I think especially as landscapes have changed and the economy is changing and and the way things are now it's like make sure that you're good that's my advice mm-hmm. make sure you're okay mm-hmm. and like Take do what you gotta do yeah. you know if you want to like go work at that cafe go work at that little place do that job because actually there's beauty in that too mm-hmm. and there's inspiration that too and actually you might make like a little you might have that like social interaction that you might be lacking when you're holed up in your studio mm. and like really trying to find all the answers like the answers are everywhere so like go go take care of yourself and find inspiration in everything you do because there's beauty in all of these different aspects of life mm-hmm. and I think from that it's like one make sure you're good make sure you're taking care of yourself and then like yes allocate time to your passions and like give yourself the grace of making mistakes and like don't worry if things can be perceived as a failure to the outside world like be okay with trying because trying is key doesn't matter like what you're doing as long as you're not like hurting yourself or hurting other people or making anyone feel bad like it doesn't matter like do your thing like whatever's coming from your heart stay true to yourself and just like do what you gotta do to like get out that expression because I think a subject that's coming up a lot nowadays is like cringe you know like the cringe factor right right and specifically that part of being successful the path to being successful means you will be cringe at some point you're gonna be cringe and embrace it like be cringe like (laughs) if you've been cringe like that's that's cool but I feel like you have never been cringe I mean do you do you ever look back at moments in your career even beauty choices you've made and think like this was a mistake I shouldn't have done this there's no mistakes and there's no regrets right right but I have been cringe like I look (laughs) at a lot of my stuff I'm like wow you really pushed it there and like (laughs) god what were you doing what did you think was cringe I'm so curious there's so much there's so much cringe I'm yeah. like so surprised by that because I feel like you've all you've like I would never associate you with that term I know and like but you know what it is I think cringe is kind of like try hard you know and I've that's never true. that's true seen you as that no I've never tried hard like I don't care you, you're always yourself you always I'm show up always as yourself myself. I'm yeah. always gonna be myself yeah or not like there's times I haven't been myself to try and like not necessarily fit in but there's like I think what's cringe to me I think what really stands out as cringe to me is the times that I was trying to um to really like limit myself and pull back mm-hmm. from who I really am mm-hmm. I feel like my true experience has always been pretty extreme like you know I'm just I'm left field I'm avant-garde in many ways I'm just like weird you know I'm different in that sense but I think that when I see pictures of myself where I'm feeling like oh that's so cringe is when I was trying to like not be that yeah so it's like the times that I was trying to wear like a denim short and like a bare face moment and be like in like in LA and being like oh I'm trying to like limit myself because maybe at those times some people made me feel bad about being so extreme right whereas like in London like you can kind of do what you want yeah LA beauty I mean LA beauty and fashion culture is sort of boring I mean it's I feel like that's fair to say is that is that rude of me to say it's definitely not rude I've only been here six months that's your opinion and like I think you came from New York whereas like everything is just so like so much more dynamic so interesting but I think that's just a higher concentration of people in one place that's also I true. think there's a lot happening behind closed doors yeah. here in LA yeah. where it's like, I don't leave the house. Yeah, you all you I cool mean? people stay inside. We do. We're not. <laughs> You're not hanging like, out in I'm West not, Hollywood. No. Eating no. lunch. No. no, I'm not there. Unless like a couple of friends in town, I'll step out and whatever. But I think there's a lot of things happening behind closed doors that mm. maybe like in New York, I just got back to 
two days ago. So for me, I'm like, it's like a visual feast. Like you're seeing everything and it's so cool. And I would say LA is definitely more of a different expression, but I can agree. It's definitely not, it's not New York and it's not London. You don't get as much visual stimulation by way of like eye candy. You know, you can just be anywhere in New York and you'll see people walking by like teenagers, kids, like anyone. And you're like, that's cool. Like you get inspired. Whereas in LA, I feel like I don't get that like visual, like if I'm walking around the Grove, it's like. Girl, not the Grove. (laughs) I know, I'm like, I have to pick like the least, the least cool place in LA. I'll show you some spots. Yeah, okay. I'm like, I need to see like LA through, through Kenya. Yeah, I'll show you where it's at. Like, cause where I go, they're turning it. They're turning it. Really? Okay, I need to hang out with you. Yeah, yeah, come out. I'll show you some things. Yes. Now, I feel like I would love if you did more in the beauty space. Yeah. I feel like you've done so much in fashion, really cool stuff in fashion, whether it's designing or creative directing. If you were to do something in beauty, like create a product, mm-hmm. what would you want to create? It's an interesting question. And I think that for me, I'm very interested in the eye, mm-hmm. obviously. Mm-hmm. So I think anything that's like kind of existing within the space of the eye, I would love to do something with eyeliner probably Mm. and we've had some talks there's been some conversations about you know potentially doing Mm. kind of eyeliner collab and I could so see that like Byredo I feel like is killing it right now I feel like I could so see like a Kesh Byredo eyeliner okay I'm gonna have to check it out for sure I think I'm always interested in that space I think just like I said you know coming back to that kind of sympathy for Lady Vengeance red Mm -hmm. you know existing within kind of like Mm. maybe some palette maybe some stuff for people to create more of like an extreme look I think that I'm definitely interested in like doing something within that space it just has to be right because I'm I'm super careful about my collaborations you know I don't do many because when I do them I do them how do you relax like how do you recharge I meditate yeah do you use an app is it like self-guided um I do different techniques I go through variations of variations of different techniques Techniques. I learned a certain technique from a, a humanitarian in India called Amma. She's known as like the, hu- the hugging saint. So I've learned one of her techniques that I utilize. I would love to do it on a daily basis. I'm not quite there yet, but it's the place that I go to when I'm really trying to find my center again because my life is so busy and chaotic. It's like... I'm just always, you know, on the go. I think for me, when I go back to Amma's, like, I am meditation, it's called, I really find a sense of relief and peace. Mm. And I find myself coming back to myself when I do that. So you're not binging on reality TV and, like eating chips at home to relax I mean yes but not reality TV like anime anime is your thing okay. anime is my you know there's the one way of like self-care and meditation mm-hmm. and yoga and that stuff and then it's like you know when it's that time to like really veg out and switch off it's like yeah I'm gonna order some food and I'm gonna watch anime or I'm gonna watch Powerpuff Girls or I'm gonna watch something and just chill in my house and just like I love cartoons yeah. Just to like turn your brain off. You yeah, know? you need it. It's so important. You can't always be on the go. Well, you're you're so inspiring to me and to so many other people. I'd love to hear if you've met people that have been inspired by your work. Like if supporters come up to you, like what's what if there's an interaction that stood out to you of someone that you've inspired? Hmm. I mean, this or like how it feels even just to be recognized, because I'm sure it happens. You know, people probably recognize you and come up to you. Does it feel strange? Does it feel natural? Does it feel... I think it feels natural at this point just because it's been... You're used to it. Yeah, I'm used to it. You know, I started my career like when I was 16. I've just been... I'm just used to it by now. I think it's always an honour. You know, I think that to be able to provide some kind of I think it comes down to like if you're if you're inspired or if you're you are admiring or whatever it's a good feeling mm-hmm. I think you to be it's an honor to create a kind of good feeling for somebody else mm-hmm. by them you know receiving my work or the work that I do I think for me it's always an honor sometimes you know I you know I am also quite shy 
as well so it's like being approached at certain times I can tend to just I'm very introverted in sense mm-hmm. so it's like sometimes I'm like oh um, <laughs> okay hello yeah. hi. but I, for me it's always an honor and I always value every single person that comes up to me and approaches respectfully and just has you know says what they have to say because for me once again it's like without you there's no me I create art for myself but I also share that art and that art is then received by other people and to have a positive feedback from somebody is just always such a beautiful experience and feeling and yeah I'm always always just I'm always grateful for that I love that final question for you yeah when do you feel most beautiful I feel most beautiful when I am making somebody else smile or feel happy Mm. or feel good in themselves or I'm offering some sort of support Mm. or I'm just like uplifting. I think for me that's like when I feel the most beautiful. I think that I think there's nothing better than like kind of offering love in some sort of way you know I think for me that's when I feel most beautiful I also feel beautiful when I create and I listen to the music I'm making or I I look at the art that I've created or the piece that I'm working on or I'm feeling inspired by the kind of process I feel beautiful then but I think the most beautiful I feel is when I am like uplifting another person or helping another person because I think we're living in a world right now where it's like so many of us are like individuals you know and it's like we're living in a very like individual state and I think that offering like love to another person and like seeing that love being received and seeing someone's someone's spirits being uplifted and like real love not fake love I think that always makes me feel beautiful because it's like well I know that that person feels better in some way or shape or form now and that for me is like that's when I feel the most beautiful yeah I love that being in service to others yes exactly well thank you so much for sharing so beautifully on in this conversation. It's been such a pleasure to just get to know you and your inspirations. So thank you. Thank you for having me. It's such a pleasure to be on the show. Who should be hurt? Okay, beauties, thank you so much for listening. Today's episode was produced and edited by MBA Kasanga. The music that you hear at the beginning of the show, I asked my guests to pick their favorite early 2000s jam or late 90s, but I always love hearing what people pick. And make sure you're subscribed to Naked Beauty wherever you listen to podcasts because there's a section of my conversation with Cash that I'm saving for a mini bonus episode about intentional brand partnerships and what that looks like. Whether you're someone that works in the industry or you're just a skincare shopper or consumer, I think you're going to find it really interesting. It's something that has been heavy on my mind as I approach who I engage with from a thoughtful perspective. It's a great conversation. So make sure you're subscribed because that's coming on Thursday of this week. And then we'll be back on Monday with a regular full length episode, one that I think you're also going to really like. So again, make sure you're subscribed, share the podcast with others. If you love Naked Beauty, text an episode to a friend, share it to your stories, tag me at Naked Beauty Planet. Thank you all so much for your support. Who should be heard? Will we remain Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.